Hello and welcome everybody to Team Fight Talk Show. I am Doa, as always with me is Frodan, and today, a very special guest, the grand webcam reveal. There he is, the man, the myth, the legend, the current number one player in North America on the ladder. It is Goobums. How you doing today? Doing good. How are you guys? I'm doing good. I'm getting hyped. Got this, got Challenger Series later in the day, so it's a, it's a busy day, busy week of TFT for me, but that's how I like it. Uh, Frodan, how you doing? Doing well. Oh, I forgot to switch my background. This is my background normally for <laughs> Twitch calls. So, you know, I was going to say it fits we're... your hair and stuff. So it works. It works. <laughs> it's coordinated, you know? There you go. There you go. Now oh, I switched the spooky <laughs> game board. Um, it's going well. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, set five is, you know, going in the right direction. Um, I'm really excited to talk about like kind of the meta, especially with uh, Goobums who got rank one uh, very recently. And um, it's it's much, and we also you know heard there's going to be no B patch this week, which is great because uh, I think we've been talking about the show, or we've been talking on the show about how nice it is that TFT patches frequently, but it's been a little too frequent, I think. So uh, yeah. we need to simmer down and let let it let it bake a little bit. So I, I'm having fun. Well, you know what? What we got to do first get to know our guest, Goobums. Uh, obviously, we mentioned you are uh, number one in the NA ladder right now, but uh, for those who may not know, kind of give us a little bit of info about your your gaming background. Uh, what other games have you played? What what kind of co- led you to TFT and and helped make you want to decide to go as hardcore as you have? What's your kind of competitive gaming history? Okay, well, like I'm pretty young right now, but I've been playing like League since very very early on. I think like since season one, and then I've been somewhat competitive like all, all throughout playing league and then i started playing like some collegiate when i got into university which was f- fairly recently but once tft came out i was like all right fuck it i'm or, sorry i want to play tft because like this is kind of like a game that suits me i played like a lot of hearthstone a lot of like those types of strategy games growing up as well but then like one that kind of like is with league uh ip so like that was pretty exciting for me <laughs> so getting the chance to play that um i played in set one i played in set two i didn't go too hard i got like i think diamond something along those lines but then in set three, with COVID hitting, you know, all of us have like a lot more time. Uh, what better than t- to play a bunch of video games? And I got Challenger for the first time then, and uh, I guess here I am now. Nice. And it all just spiraled wildly out of control after that. <laughs> so fun. Yeah. Pretty, you're pretty well known in the community for your amazing body uh, and <laughs> fitness status. Can you uh, flex for the camera? Can you look at the camera, your webcam, and flex for the fans? Just one. You got, I'm pretty sure you guys do not want to see that anymore. I'm. I'm maybe one, one, almost one and a half years removed from going to the gym. So hopefully when mm-hmm. COVID dies we down, I just got, yeah, yeah uh, I just got yeah. my first vaccine a couple of days ago. So maybe a couple nice. months from now, I'll give you guys, you know, that. that I know how you feel though. I mean, I had like an amazing body uh, before, <laughs> before COVID, like my muscles were insane. Like my six pack was like the stuff of legends. I was like Leonidas from 300 man. Like it was without the beard. Uh, what sometimes with the blind beard, but usually without the beard. Either way, it was great, and it, you know it fades away over COVID. You play a lot of games, you don't get to go to the gym. I know how you feel. Happens to all of us. Dan yeah, knows too. Right. He's he's done the fitness thing from time to time. I think as well. No, I've never been in the gym in my life. Uh, Goobums, <laughs> talk to me a little bit about uh, just what it's like competing right now. I think a lot of people have a diverse set of opinions on you know kind of how set five has been, or even just the competitive format because. Some players are like losing motivation to continue to grind because you know it feels like their snapshots places are either locked in or they're locked out from being able to qualify. So uh, you know how how do you feel currently about you know TFT and and you know where what's keep what keeps you motivated to keep playing and grinding as hard as you do? 
Okay, like truth be told, I, I made the mistake on several weeks of not sitting. So I think uh, like the fact that you, you really just only have to play 10 games, much like our esteemed Delicious Milk GG has, has been doing. You play 10 games a week, you sit, you get your top five, top whatever, top 10 ladder spot, and you're chilling for the rest of the, like all your snapshots, and you're almost guaranteed like a regional spot, right? I think um, like I lament the fact that we actually have that because like I don't like any systems that encourage us not to play. Like I want everybody, all the top players to be playing as consistently as possible. Everybody like kind of pushing each other. Like I preferred if that was the case. What I do like is that this set is a lot more competitive than last set. So we have um, like a lot of the top players are playing. If you look at the top of the ladder right now, it's all really well-known names. I'm, I'm looking at the top 10 right now. And it's like, you, you look at the top, I think like actually 15 and it's just like names of people that you expect to be at the top of the ladder. And I really, really like that, but just um, like it's more competitive in that sense, but just like looking at regionals, I'm I'm going to be worried if people are gonna be like some like deserving people are gonna be like left out of regionals. I, I don't really want to see that, but at the same time, I felt like last regionals was a little bit too inclusive. So I felt like if you were playing louder at all, like really really seriously, you're almost gonna like guarantee making it in. So I want to find that middle ground between this and that, and I also want to solve like why I prefer if they kind of like solve the sitting problem. But I, I seem to be having fun, so I'll take it too inclusive interesting uh can you can you clarify that and then we'll move on to the next topic because i know we're taking a while to get to the news but mm -hmm. okay so last set in, in, in 4.5 regionals like they let 32 people make it in this set for example they're or sorry in comparison they're letting 16 like I, I think the nice middle ground would be like 24 where like with 32 it felt like um like we we had players who i, I you know they deserve to make it in but oftentimes like they would play at the beginning of the set for, I don't know, maybe they played like one or two tournaments. I don't want to name names, but I'm pretty sure we all kind of all know. They played one or two tournaments, did really well there, and then they AFK'd the entire set four, set 4.5. They played the last week going up to the regionals, and boom, they're in. Like, that, I feel like, to me, that's like a little bit too inclusive, because once again, I don't really want like a competitive scene where you kind of get rewarded for just not playing any games, right? So I want everybody, like, I want every top player to be like playing as much as possible, obviously, um, like people have work, people have school, people have streaming, people have their lives in their own way. But in terms of like purely competitive, I want I want the best players to be playing all the time, and that's what I mean by that. I guess okay. I like it. Fair enough. Goobum's a real competitor's competitor. I appreciate that. Yeah, but it is interesting looking at the top ten of the ladder right now. You do see it. The top ten of the ladder right now looks like a set two top ten or something like that. Almost like it looks it looks like a little bit more of an old school top ten when you see uh, the names that are up there. But uh, you know, it's going to see, uh, what's going to be fun to see is how many people get through, like, the mid-set, invitational, all that kind of good stuff. But let's move on to news. And uh, we have some amazing news. It's the Skyglass Origins event. Oh, look. He, that's the saddest Pengu, man. I mean, whoever drew that Pengu really dug deep into, like, the depths of their soul to, like, they thought of, like, maybe when their dog was hit by a car or, like, some really sad moment. Because that Pengu looks like, Ultra sad, but the Skyglass Origins event, basically what it is, is you uh, click on some windows and you get some poems. Is uh, And eventually, if you click on enough windows and get enough poems, you get uh, a couple sprays and an egg. So there you go. But it is it is fun. It is a nice little way to add a little bit of lore to the uh, TFT universe, I suppose, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I thought what would be fun is uh, if, if Goobums picks a trait and I will read the the poem for that trait right now. I've got the I've got it open. I've got everything unlocked. So Goobums, what trait would you like to hear the poem for? I'll go with uh Dawnbringer since that's the one I'm playing the Dawnbringer? Most right yeah. All is right. that one okay. of them? So here's, here's Dawnbringer, right? 
When night has reached its darkest hour, they hear the harried cries, and from the din of hard-fought war, the dawnbringers arise. From searing spell to twirling axe, there's no wound they can't mend, but armed with gear that grants HP, they're certain to ascend. There you go. And if you like poems like that, well you can done, also Dora. do the Skyglass Origins event. We know. They didn't ask <laughs> me to sure read you... those for them. Are you sure you want to be a caster? You don't want to be a, a dramatic lore reader for Teamfight Tactics? I could. I, You know, like years ago on my YouTube channel, I did like dramatic lore readings of League of Legends Champions lore because it was just so insane back then. None of it made any sense. So I just, I just, they're, they're on my YouTube channel. You can go find them. They're way back there somewhere. But I think I did like Elise in one, Aatrox one, but I thought about it. There you go. If, if Riot releases an audiobook of anything <laughs> Runeterra lore related, you should, you should apply for it. I would, I would listen. I'm there. I'm there. It's a fun I event. I think like, you right. know, this kind of stuff just so first of all i want to say that the the biggest buff in tft that's needed is the client right you need to have more reasons to interact with tft right sure. now there's only one thing that really matters in the lead client for the tft button and that's hit the the game mode the change game mode option it's if you want to play a normal ranked or hyper rule literally everything else like no one really touches a lot so any excuse for us to kind of like start interacting more with the client is really positive for the player base because that's how they start inserting other things that's really relevant. So like, let's say Goobums is stream, right? If they want to put like a feature streamer or a YouTube video, people like right now, all I know is that people don't have a reason to look at that. Um, if they want to do, you know, cool things like promote in-game events or even like streams, right, of like the TFT championships. Um, I, I just want more TFT players to get used to that. So I like that this is happening, even if you're not interested in like the lore or it seems really silly that games like TFT even has a story uh, story mode for it. Um, it's a really positive thing. What How much yet? do you care about the lore, Goobums? What, oh, what's your the, take on this? TFT lore I'm not uh, the most familiar with, but I, I did read some of the League lore back when I was pretty into League. I haven't played League all too much lately, but I mean, you, they give you free eggs. So anytime you can get free little legends, I guess it's worth it. Definitely helps. But how, how important is lore to your competitive gaming? Just just in general, not TFT lore in, in, in particular, but just in general, how much do you like to understand the game world in which you're playing? Oh, like from a purely like fun side, I, I appreciate it, but I, I wouldn't say like I'm like a really lore junkie. I think like myself and I, I imagine a lot of other people are like this is where like maybe they'll find days where they just kind of like dig into a rabbit hole and they just like the lore and they just read all of that and then pretty much from there they get kind of like removed from it for however long and then they wait for the game company to fix up however much of the lore they want but yeah that's kind of how i approach uh, lore in the video games i've always liked it from a caster perspective it just gives you more to talk about so it's always fun to bring a little bit of it into it from time to time did that a lot back in the summoner's rift days but let's move on we also have the earth uh dowsy which has uh, been released earth mode is in my opinion, the best way to play League of Legends. So it's cool to see the the Earth Love coming to uh, TFT as well. Got the the golden spatula. I've got a spatula around you somewhere, but I don't know where it went. No. Oh well. Um, but uh, but yeah, more Little Legends. What's your Little Legend of choice right now, Goobums? I've been using the Iridescent Dazi uh, three star. I used to exclusively use either the normal Penguin or the Yellow Penguin, the cheaper. But uh, they kind of let me down early on in this. I lost a lot of OP using them, so I had, to, I had to make the swap. And actually, Twitch Rivals was nice enough to gift me a lot of these uh, Little Legends. So I've been using this three-star Dowsy since, uh, I mean, since whenever they gave it to me, I guess. Wow. And 
You're right. I'm right. Everybody make it. Everybody make, everybody make the change. Fred, and is it true Little Legends affect your LP gain and loss? I, I agree with Goobums. Yes. I think it does. I think you need to swap around once in a while. It, it, it has a non-zero impact to your LP gains. It is a fact because some Little Legends are better on Carousel than others. And so I'm not going to mm. reveal it because I don't give away the edge that I have. <laughs> I need every single edge I can to make Challenger right now. Hard stuck at like 300 LP. So I just need a couple more hundred. And I think my Little Legend egg, if I can just get the three-star version of it, will be lit. I've been doing the three-star lifeguard chunk. Uh, I don't know if it gives me any specific edge, um, but, you know, I like that. I like the summer board. I've kind of rejected the the reckoning sort of aesthetic a little bit, except for, like, behind me here. But in-game, I like to keep it summery. But uh, but I agree. I do agree. On the last streak, you got you to gotta swap. Different little legend once in a while. Yeah. Let's talk about the patch. Let's talk about uh, the 11.12 patch here. And uh, it was a big one. This was another huge patch. Um, it feels like every patch has been huge. It feels like this set in particular, we've gone through the most um, variety in meta within a set that we ever have, I feel like. But I feel like uh, this one is in a pretty good spot. Um, the focus is very much on vertical synergies right now. Six Dawnbringer, six Forgotten, six Redeemed, all that kind of stuff. But there is room for some flexibility within that uh, as well. So I want to get your your take on this first. Goobums, obviously this patch has worked out very well for you. You've been able to maintain number one, the NA leaderboard. So it could be said that you understand this patch possibly better than everyone else. So what's your take on it right now? Um, my take on it is just the vertical synergies are probably a little bit on the stronger side. <clears throat> I'd say part of the reason why I excelled on this patch was because actually towards the end of last patch, um, for whatever reason, but I put it in my stream title too. I was forcing vertical Nightbringer or vertical Dawnbringer every single game until I figured something out. And mm -hmm. I pretty much played 40 games on my main of either Nightbringer or Dawnbringer. And, uh, well, this patch, you're playing, we're seeing a lot of Dawnbringer, we're seeing a lot of Nightbringer. Something I did miss was Forgotten. So the previous time I was ranked one, it was actually done, like I'd say 90% with Forgotten as well, six Forgotten. So... I missed that early uh, onto the patch, but towards the end of my climb, I was playing a lot of Forgotten too, which I think is a really good comp. And then, especially with more spats coming in with the new armories, that's like a really, really big change, the way the armory got changed. Um, playing verticals is like really strong, so you'll see a lot of redeemed here and there. Maybe you'll even see some like legionnaires, some skirmishers here and there, but it just tends to be, from my from my perspective, a lot of uh, vertical synergies doing really well. What's your take on the front end? Um, it's a it's a big step up from the previous couple patches, in my opinion, largely because I thought the reroll emphasis for two costs was a little was definitely making the game a lot more stale than it needed to be. Um, I am a little bit sad that it feels like Riven three builds have fallen off the face of the planet, unless you're just like Omega high rolling. Like we should add the caveat because there's always going to be one person in the comments or in chats like, well, I got a first place with this build that you talked about that's no longer viable. It's like, yeah, mm -hmm. in TFT, if in, if you high roll enough, yeah, any build is viable. Um, but I really love the idea that, you know, Yasuo and Riven have like this duality to them, right? Because they're like on the Dawnbringer, Nightbringer side, and they're like the three cost Legionnaire carries of choice. And it's only really Yasuo that seems viable in that uh, department. Uh, but outside of that, I'm pretty happy with the patch. I really like that Archangel slash Archdemons feels more viable, that there's a couple builds that you can go. Some people like stacking Vladimir. Some people are playing Warwick reroll. I think they're kind of memes, but, you know, sometimes it's really effective for you to land, like, a, a good top four, top two. 
Yeah. Um, Thresh is a monster now, just as like a one star. Like if you're talking about item carriers for like your Varus or even your Draven whatnot, sometimes I just give Thresh the AD items and he whacks for like 1500 damage autos uh, in one fight. I'm, I'm not sure uh, like how much damage he's supposed to be doing, but it feels a little bit heavy handed, but it's pretty dope to see like, uh, you know, stage two carry Thresh. That's, that's definitely one of the highlights of my patch that caught me by surprise. That uh, admirable who you'll be casting challenger series with. It's like highlights, like bro. If you're if you get four knights and you just have Thresh as your carry, it's actually pretty lit. And I was like, all right, we'll try it. Well, yeah, a lot good. of the knights <laughs> in the tankier uh, heroes got some AD buffs, if I remember right, on the patch. But uh, it's gonna be it, it's. I've always this entire set, man. I've thought like, do I just is there a build where I can just like get Thresh to just like cast a lot and just blow people up because he does do so much damage when he hits him with the chain that like. I haven't played on it. I've kind of decided I'm not playing on an alt account this set. I'm just focusing on my main, you know, just because of time reason th and things like that. But if I was playing on the alt account, I would definitely be spamming like Thresh carry games to try it out. Thresh carry, Syndra carry. Because in any given set, there's always those builds that have not been discovered, right? There's always something out there that, uh, that can be strong. Right now, I mean, in terms of things that I think might actually be stronger than people are really uh, considering right now is Syndra. I think there there is room for Syndra carry, although things like Redeemed Light and all that can mess with it. But uh, I think there might be something there. I don't know. Do you think... I, I'll ask you this question, Goobums, kind of on the back of that. Uh, outside of the vertical, what do you think is the best thing to play right now? The non-vertical synergy builds. Okay, so I think something that's really, really slept on actually is uh, A-Bomb. Because, um, okay, honestly, I didn't even know <laughs> that oh, yeah. got buff as all these now. units are getting buffed. So like, you guys told me that. Yeah, I think they, the, all the knights received an AD buff. But aside from that, um, yeah, so A-Bomb received, like, a pretty hefty nerf. But, uh, like, um, so right now it hits, like, two units and then it stops moving. So it doesn't just explode your entire backline as soon as it comes out, right? And that was a pretty hefty nerf. And then it received a stat nerf on four and five A-Bomb. But, like, I think A-Bomb is, like, extremely, extremely slept upon. I think if you just play A-Bomb, you play similar to last patch. I don't think you can force it quite as hard as you could last patch. But if you get the A-Bomb spat really early on, you play five A-Bomb until the end of the game. You get your level eight, you get your level nine. You play your Timo, Heimer, sorry, Timo, Heimer, Ivor, and Volibear. Everybody, you know, kind of knows that kind of combo. And you're good to get a first, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you just kind of do the same thing now. It's, you're, yeah. There's a couple good. different A-bomb things out there right now. Uh, I won a game yesterday with five A-bomb, four Ironclad Draven carry. Um, and then there's also Riven, of course. You can even play the old school Velkaz style. So I, I do think A-bomb is very underutilized right now. What were you gonna say for yeah? I would I would say that like uh, flex traits in general got a massive buff this patch just because of the availability of the armory. Like mm -hmm. nothing that's not being said on this uh, little infographic that we just showed up for eleven point twelve patch notes is that the armory changes makes emblems a lot more consistent, and that's something that I think we missed. Just like to talk about abomination because we saw all the nerfs to brand and obviously abomination as a trait. Uh, but because Abomination is naturally pretty flexible with three all the way to five, um, it's exactly as what you two described that you can use A-Bomb as just like an item holder. It can be like your temporary carry and it can transfer items or you can just stick five A-Bomb plus like good legendaries, which is uh, what Goobums has basically described and also has been kind of slowly rising up some of the, the, the meta charts in terms of the data sites. So, um, and then, you know, like four ironclad is pretty obnoxious if you're able to get it and people don't have like a last whisper, even if they do have last whisper, there's just like a lot to, for them to cut through. Uh, and of course, mystics are just right now the flex trait because AP power at the moment. So, um, 
Yeah, overall, I would say that if you enjoy playing like a lot more flexible with your traits and not necessarily just going vertical, like that's definitely the tree to lean into. Yeah. It's good to stay open. You know, when you get that early abomination uh, opening, it's like it's worth considering at least for sure. Um, any any other things stand out to you, Goobums, with uh, with set five? Um, do you find yourself playing pretty flexibly right now or do you find yourself sort of focusing on, on one or two synergies in particular? Well, if you know anything about me, or if Chad knows anything about me, you'll know that like I tend not to be too much of a flex player. I do like I, I lean towards like one to two ish comps always, and then I just hard like at some point in the game I commit. I'm like, hey, this comp is good. I'm hard forcing this comp, and it doesn't have to be like the, you know the meta S tier or S plus plus tier comps. It'll literally just be a comp that I want to play. And uh, the way I do it is like I'll play until I figure it out, and if there's nothing to be figured out, then I'll just stop playing it because it's not going to work. But I just, I really like hard forcing like a couple of trees and then I don't deviate too far from those trees, but I'll find a way to like get to those trees from like kind of weird, weirder spots or maybe even like get out of those trees on like a, like a transition in some of the weirder spots as well. All right, cool. Well, Frodan, Goobums, I think it's time to move on to another segment, everybody's favorite segment, of course. It's called Agree. And we've got four questions today to agree or disagree with. Uh, Goobums, I think you know how this works at this point, so let's take a look at the first question here and see what we've got. The critical strike change has been positive and should stay for future sets. Agree? Uh, yeah, I agree with this. I, I think um, critical strike, okay. So a huge thing in, with critical strike, um, like with multipliers, the way like DPS multiplies in the game, is that critical strike was actually two multipliers in one. Because whenever you build Critical Strike, like IE, JG, Lat, Swiss, all this fun stuff, you get both crit chance and oftentimes you get crit damage as well. And something that like people don't realize that crit chance obviously multiplies with crit damage for more DPS. So like when you built vertically, like item-wise or trait-wise, and crit chance is that you were getting like a much bigger um, sort of like damage boost than you could with other items. And that's why like kind of crit was taking over the game and that's what they were trying to address with this change. I do think currently the crit strike change is leaving it a little bit on the weaker side for AD. I know some people might still disagree with me, but I do think like AD is still slightly on the weaker side. Um, JG is not too bad. And I think like maybe like the numbers need a little bit of tuning, but I'm sure like, uh, or sorry, I think that directionally, this is like a perfect, perfect change that like in the future, crit won't be as like dominating, uh, like such a dominant force in the meta. Okay. How about you, Fernan? What do you think? Agree? It's just the easiest degree. Like numbers are way out of control in a lot of games. Uh, yeah. That 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 you know, like that, I think I play a lot of Hearthstone Battlegrounds, for example. Numbers are out of control there. Uh, numbers are out of control in TFT, and largely it has to do with Critical Strike. Um, maybe we even get to make Vayne a reasonable unit, right? <laughs> because part of the reason why she just kept getting nerfed and nerfed is because, like, for eight, she just like what thirty or forty eight here now. It's like so small. Um, mm. and that's partially because the, the scaling is just way out of, uh, way, way too powerful. Um, and I think critical strike has needed to be changed for quite some time. So I'm really happy. Is it the right number right now? I'm not sure, but what it does allow us to do is gives us more levers to turn to buff champions to make it feel not as dependent or rather item dependent, uh, to get crit stuff. So I'm happy about it. And also if you're a big fan of crit and you're like, oh, I love seeing big numbers, you can always just play assassins they're they're still very good at critically striking and making me mad. yeah or build a crit build karma or something like that she still puts up the big numbers but uh yeah. easy agree for me too um i and and the thing is is i i feel like i haven't noticed it that much which is an even bigger reason for me to agree because it just feels like the games are flowing very smoothly now it feels like the damage is coming out 
more smoothly in rounds overall, but not in like a hugely noticeable degree. It's it's the right kind of change in that I feel like it didn't. I'm not looking at the game before and after this change in a totally different way. Uh, it's more like, okay, yeah, I see it, but it's not affecting me that much in terms of how I play. I still build IE, I still build Jill Gauntlet. It's just a little bit more reasonable, the numbers that come out of it. Um, looks like chat agrees as well. 91%, not a big surprise there. I think we're all pretty happy with the change, and uh, I would imagine it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay. Mortog, though, as an army of mathematicians, I've heard, uh, working for him, working around <laughs> the clock is it, to keep if, us if, safe. <laughs> If more's like, you know, kind of, if that's about the fact that I said numbers are out of control, it's just that like sometimes <laughs> it just snowballs to an outrageous number. And, and we all have seen it before where just like it sure. gets too crazy too fast. Um, but, you know, I digress. It's not here. We're not here to debate every number about every champion, every trade. Bring back Void. That's all I got to say. <laughs> that's a, yeah. No, bring back Void. No. Veto. 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 <laughs> we, ha we have it in the form of like Yasuo right now. He's basically like a Void champion. That's not a, that's just one champion though. That's, we I have bring, Bane. Back, we have Bane. bring back my three star Void Cho'Gath. Veto. veto. The board. Oh. <laughs> oh, I like the design. I miss Cassidy, yeah, but not as a Void. I, I miss Cassidy, <laughs> but not as a Void. As a Celestial. Uh, Mana Reaver, yes, I miss Cassidy. All right, I'll settle for Yordle then. Let's move on to the second question. Uh, second question for Agree. Uh, NA has grown significantly weaker in set five compared to the other regions. Uh, good question, Goobums. Agree? Okay, I'll say disagree as like a very quick answer, but like the truthful answer is honestly, I don't know. I would say I think NA has gone stronger. I don't know how fast or how slow the other um, regions are kind of improving. But I'd say NA as a region has gone stronger because, like, a lot of the players, like, uh, are returning. So we have, like, for example, even Delicious Milk GG, who's currently third on the ladder, you know, grinding yeah. hard. It's because, like, our, our regional format is actually a lot more competitive this year, right? You have 10 snapshots, sorry, 10 spots going in through snapshots, 16 total. I kind of alluded to this earlier. It's actually, like, we might have some really, really good players not actually making it to our regionals. So the people who are trying to make it to regionals are sweating pretty hard. So I think, like, in terms of, like, our ladder, in terms of our top players, we're actually improving, like, fairly quickly. But I don't know how fast the other the other regions are improving, so my, my quick answer is disagree. All right. Frodan, it's an inflammatory question. What do you think? Man. <laughs> uh, the, word that, the word that gets me hung up is significantly because, uh, uh -huh. so just for a little bit of, you know, peel back behind the scenes, a lot of top players are just kind of reporting that they're losing motivation. Um, and that's not just in North America, right? It's also in Korea, where like Bebe says he's not really taking the game as seriously anymore. And um, EU, of course, had their esports struggles, which is like basically players saying like, I don't know if I can keep playing um, and grinding. So to say that like, you know, and it, just North America is struggling with these motivation is uh, not true. That being said, it does feel like a lot of the NA players in particular are just like you know they're either trying to play the minimum amount of games like i'm just gonna play my 10 game decay and that's it uh other people are just like i'm just out until set 5.5 i don't really care anymore um it just seems like mentally as a region right now maybe just because i'm exposed to it right because i can speak english i can't speak like french or korean or these other uh regional dialects um but in North America, just listening to the conversations, it just feels like our mental is at an all-time low. Like, I feel like all the top players, like, that's not, like, Goobums right now because he's on our show and he's, like, talking about TFT. <laughs> it just uh, feels like it's kind of, like, you know, going down. The, the stonk chart is just going, dip, dipping lower and lower. So I hope that uh, we can recover our mental because 
I think, you know, when we're motivated, our technical play is still like definitely up there, like top two in the world. But <laughs> right now it's, it's pretty bad state. So I'm going to have to agree with this at the moment. Wow. All right. That's an agree from oh, Frodan. No, no, no. A, uh, a scathing uh, rebuke of the NA scene from Frodan in his agreement. Um, I, I, you know, I just, I want to agree with this just by virtue of, I think Korea is going to win everything in, in uh, TFT, just like they win everything in, in other games. Um, so just comparatively, you know, we'll just say that, but, but, uh, but, but we'll see. I, it is interesting, the state of things right now, like Frodan mentioned, because, uh, and it looks like chat disagrees with this as well, but um, it's, it's interesting because I feel like we've kind of reached the point where uh, TFT has been around enough and people understand the game well enough that we, we kind of have come over the edge of that first big sort of period of discovery for the top players in the game where the fundamentals for TFT are very figured out, I feel like, at this point. And there's always room for improvement, but for the most part, people know how to play TFT in, like, a good general way. And so then the, the, the discovery depends a lot on the set mechanics, right? And where set four was so good, like, pretty much everybody besides Delicious Milk loves set four. Um, and, and, and yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. And so set five coming into it, the meta being very all over the place, uh, the items being uh, a little bit, uh, all over the place at times, I think, I think hurt people a little bit, but, uh, overall, you know, I, I, I get it. I get why there's a little bit of a lull. I'm not super concerned about it. And the significantly is, is a good thing to focus on there too. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna disagree with this because while, NA may have grown weaker and more and into a bit of a lull. I don't know if it's significant. So I'll disagree, but it's very, I might even put agree, disagree on there. You might want to give me both because I'm a little bit on the edge there. Yeah. Don't talk about Chad. I, I, disag I disagree with your disagree, but not necessarily because of your overarching point, but because I just. A lot of people didn't enjoy set four, but apparently, I mean, okay, here's the thing though. You go to like the, four is great. the weekly four is rant threads, only, only by the nature of like, I just, I just know people, a lot of people who, who didn't like it as much and they felt like they sure. can set five a lot better, but um, I met those people too. just want to say that it is just hilarious to me that, you know, in these rant threads that I see like on subreddits or in forums, et cetera, it's just like everyone who loves Chosen comes out of the woodwork and just talks about how like set five has made me appreciate Chosen so much more because <laughs> ah, like Ironclad is such a terrible trait. I hope they remove it because it's not good for flex players. And I'm just like, I don't understand. This is like naturally a flex trait and Chosen. I'm not here to rant about that and game decisions, but just like if there's anything that tells me that like the general complaints and public sentiment does not understand like balance and game design, it's just reading their retroactive rose tinted glasses about their commentary and post more about set four. It's just hilarious to me. That's all. Hey, well, I supported set four from the very beginning, so I'm 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 all for it. I'm I'm been firmly on one side of the chosen debate from day one. But uh, yeah, let's, for the record, let's, I love chosen move too. On. So. <laughs> you you did or you didn't like it? I did. I, did. I didn't hear you said. Yeah. You did? Okay, yeah. yeah. Goobums likes chosen. There you go. Let's go on to our third question here. Playing flex is overrated. This is a great question that we got Goobums on here for, I guess. Forcing comps requires equal amounts of skill. Agree? Okay, so this is like uh yeah, okay, I'll I'll say agree, like straight up. Okay, playing flex is one of okay, aside from best in slot, is one of the biggest buzz terms in all of TFT. Because everybody tells you, I don't know why, every single person tells you, like low elo, high elo, 
Okay, maybe not like the top yellow players. They're like, you need to play flex, and you need to play flex. The, okay, the pe- the way people see flex and TFT is so differently. It's just so different from like how flex should be seen. So people say, I think playing flex is like the ability to play all these different types of comps, right? But like playing flex, like the value of playing flex and TFT has nothing to do with being able to play a bunch of different comps. In fact, the most, if you know how to play TFT, if you're good at like your, your top level player, your challenger player, your GM player, it doesn't matter. You'll be able to play a bunch of different comps because you can assemble the units that require that you require to put into the comp. What playing flex is val- or sorry, where playing flex is valuable is like the little like nuances inside like the comp you're playing or inside the spots you're given that you can like fit in an extra unit here or there. Like, oh, maybe like these two units work well with each other, even though they don't necessarily have the best synergies. Or like given like the units you, you're sorry, given the units you're given within like a certain spot in a game being able to find the best combination of to use those units. Like that's the, an element of really good flex play. But like, um, yeah, I don't think like, like playing flex the way people kind of see it is like definitely not what I, uh, definitely not what I like agree with. And then forcing cops requiring equal amounts of skill. Uh, I don't even know, but I was just kind of focused on that first one. The flex <laughs> one is, is a, that, that one, uh, as soon as that I read that, that, that's kind of what I focused on. But so I agree. All right, Frodan, agree or disagree? Um, it really kind of depends on what you define or like how you define words like skill uh, in TFT, because there's a lot of ways you can express skill, right? Let's if you think people like to compare TFT to like card games, there's a lot of different win conditions in a card game, right? Obviously, good technical play, but also like deck building and preparation and all stuff like that can also lead into it. Um, so it depends on what you value as a skill expression, uh, moment in TFT, uh, playing flex is overrated. That's, that's an agree for me. And that's a person that loves to play flex. And that's largely due to the fact that I'm, you know, I'm a caster, so I need to know a bunch of different comps, but also because, uh, it, it, people just get enamored, right? Like as if there's some enlightened individual for being able to understand how to be able to put, no, not a two trait, but a three trait of the same exact thing. Look at me. I'm so intelligent. You know, these are there are just so many players who view flex in this light as if, you know, they're, they're, they're God's gift to team fight tactics for being able to understand how to transition two units from one trait to another. Um, that being said, uh, is forcing comps require equal amounts of skill? That's definitely not the case. So, uh, you know, and every person who plays, who forces comps a challenger will tell you that because they can't hold on to challenger spots if that comp gets nerfed or if right. uh, they have to play something else. So um, this is a disagree from me. Um, just an overall, but I think that we do need to like try to think a little bit more about what are some skills that are valuable because uh, being able to, so there's one thing that I can't do in TFT, no matter how hard I try, which is if everyone's contesting a comp that's really broken, let's say like everybody is going for, um, you know, like a reroll Yasuo comp, but like you're so far in, you can't reasonably pivot without like going for a hard bot too. I don't know how to reliably beat other players at that, but there's players like Goobums and Kiyun who like thrive in that environment. They love the fact that they can like take that edge and one up other players in that kind of situation. And I think that takes a lot of skill because there's the there's the least amount of variables in that case because you're playing with pretty much the same champions in a certain degree, um, and and you only have a little bit of wiggle room. So that kind of situation I think is a very very high amount of skill expression that I don't think gets appreciated enough. Uh, in a game like TFT, because everyone just you know tunnels on the fact that like everyone just plays like this one comp and is really strong. Yeah, yeah. I I think for me it has to be a disagree as well. Um, and 
I kind of, I've lived in both worlds where up to, well, in set four, I became more of a flex player and I still kind of tend to play that way now. But set three and before, I just picked a comp and I just played it to death. Like set three, for what I know, I only played Star Guardian Sorks. I still talk about it all the time. I love that comp. And like being able to understand how to get into that comp and like make it work every single game, no matter what your start was, was really fun because uh, you'd find a bunch of really weird unorthodox stuff you could do in like the early game and mid game that you wouldn't see other players doing. And like you mentioned, if someone else is playing it in the lobby, you can, you know, know how to beat what they're doing because they're just doing it worse than you. You know, the little tricks you can do to kind of like beat them and assert dominance, as I like to call it, get them to pivot off of it. Um, so I appreciate both. Um, I, I do think playing flex in sort of the, the traditional understanding of it, which is just having a broad understanding of the game, is overall more skillful slightly, but it's just a different type of skill, you know? So it's it's hard to really say. So that's it's hard to really like nail it down. So that's why that's why I disagree. It looks like chat disagrees as well. But I like our questions today. I feel like each question we've had today could be like a half hour conversation in itself. This is fun. But let's take a look at our fourth one. Our final question here on Agree. This is the best patch, in parentheses, fun, skill testing, uh, balanced of set five thus far. Goobums, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think this is, a, this is like the swiftest agree. Swift, agree. Swiftest agree, sorry. Um, oh, okay. I was going to say, think, I was about to be very surprised. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. I, I do quite like this patch. I think in terms of balance, it's probably the best we've had so far. Um, I don't think like there's honestly that much uh, to compare it to. I think some of the other patches we've had have been a little bit on the not so good side um in terms of fun and skill testing i'm gonna be honest i haven't played that many games on my main on this patch because like once i got rank one i'm just not gonna play anymore but i do think like we're moving in a good direction i think uh more dog has explained how like there's gonna be less thrashing so the next couple patches aren't gonna be like huge huge kind of like meta shifts in one way or another and i think good so as soon as the set kind of gets to this point where you're kind of like waning down there's gonna be less and less changes um like it seems to be good Obviously, I'm rank one, so I obviously appreciate this patch because I'm doing well on it as well. I might have a different opinion yeah, I've been doing worse. Yeah. But it seems like it's going in, in a good direction, so I'm happy with it. All right. How about you, Frodan? Agree? Uh, this patch has made me the least upset uh, playing <laughs> it, so yes. And I say uh -huh. that like I say that because I really, really, really wanted to like set five uh, throughout the first few patches. And you know, I think more summarize it really well. It's like, you know, we usually do land it on the same spot, but we just have too much thrashing to get to this point, like too much flip-flopping mm. of the meta. So uh, definitely the best patch of set five. Um, as Sox says, by process of elimination. Yeah. Uh, but it's a good patch. It, it's a good patch because it feel, there's a lot of great moments in it. So um, what I'm really sad about is uh, this idea that it took us a long time to get to this point. And as Grand Vice was saying, it's like, we're in a good spot now. And then what's going to happen? And like when the mid set drops, right? 5.5, we have to yeah. redo it all again. So I'm cautiously optimistic about it. And I just, I just really like the direction that Set5's in at the moment. I hope it doesn't change too much. Yeah, I, I think I'll agree with this one too. Um, it's, it feels like it has a good amount of flexibility. It doesn't feel like any one thing in particular is, is oppressively strong. Um, which I, I think that would have probably been my biggest complaint for all the other patches thus far as there was always that one build, you know, that was just seemed to be way better than everything else. And you had to just be annoyed by it or either play it. Um, so I like that this does feel the most balanced. Um, I've never been a big fan of big vertical 
synergy comps um, because I hate the feeling of being like one away from completing that when I really need to. You know, I'm at the point in the game where I just need that one rise and you just won't show up. Like that, that makes me mad. That's why I didn't play much cybernetics back in set three. So while I appreciate the patch, I personally don't prefer to play the game this way. But I will say I do think this is the best patch we've had in set five yet. So I think it's moving in a good direction. But yeah, like you said, Frodan, who's who knows what's going to happen when it when it changes again for uh, mid set and all that. But you know that's one of the the agony and the ecstasy things about TFT is is I love the discovery. I love uh, trying new things out, but. The instability is is irksome at some point, but uh, at some points. But I think this one is the best patch we've had so far, for sure. Yeah. Well, that was agree. Uh, it's a great segment. We have a lot of fun with it. Fredan comes up with some awesome questions. Sometimes I come up with a couple of them too. Um, I won't <laughs> say who came up with what this week. You know, don't want to get anybody in trouble. But uh, but yeah, it's a fun one. Let's move on to talking about some esports. And uh, the first thing we'll talk about is Challenger Series. So this was Challenger Series number two um as the world's loudest motorcycle drives past my apartment and uh and goobums had a pretty pretty decent showing their fourth place not bad not bad uh so i want to ask you first goobums you're playing again today here's here's how series two went um what was it what did you learn from this challenger series that you will apply to this one today okay so what i will say is that this challenger series is the biggest tragedy i know it says i look for it sorry it says i got fourth but I assure you that's misleading. Like I definitely just got second because the thing is the value of these games within the checkmate format are so backloaded. I got, okay, so Spencer got first in the last two games and I got second in the last two games. Like I got fourth in points, but trust me, like the feeling is that I definitely got second and I can't be convinced otherwise. Cause like, the, like whatever, you can go eight, eight. And then if you go like win, 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 then like you might have like you either go first or like, Depending on when they cut off the line, then you go like eighth, right? Like all the the importance of the games are all backloaded, so you can do terribly in the first games, or you can do like excellent, and then as soon as as long as you do excellent on next games, like it doesn't matter. Whereas like if you go like one 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 one, or sorry one one one, and then eight eight eight, even though your point total is probably going to end up in like fourth place, well realistically you just went eighth because like the only chance of winning is if you go first on the last couple of games, right? So. So but, do you do you, you like perform? Wait 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 wait. Okay, wait, go, wait, go ahead. Wait. Go ahead. Bums, you perform better in the second half of the day here so if we if, if, if you talk about the emphasis hmm. on backloading here okay so you're saying that you are, wait hold on before you do that are you are you advocating for more spread out importance of games or are you happy with that i can't tell if you're actually approving or disapproving of the format before before i continue yeah honestly i'm not sure just all, all i wanted to say was that it felt like i got a second and not a fourth <laughs> I, I think this reflects he, he a lot of He weaseled his way out of that one. Okay. This is a positive mental attitude that I appreciate about Goobums. You know, it's a the stats say fourth. No, it's a second. And and if you can if you can carry that mentality for it, I think you'll go far in life. I, <laughs> I like it because yeah, if you're not if you're not first, you're last. If you're if you're yeah. second or eighth, you're you're second. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Good job, Goobums. <laughs> there you go. And then I yeah. scored today's. Um, yeah, I, I won today's. I'm kind of surprised you guys went for the, like the pre-recorded format. I think you guys are broadcasting that, uh, after this and then also tomorrow. So yeah, you guys will be able to see how I won today's and tomorrow's challenger series once that's broadcasted. Well, and then I'll be at it. Right, that's right. This is actually the right. winning interview. Goobums. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's good to know. Well, yeah. 
it's gonna be fun either way admiral and i are gonna be casting that one uh you scared me for a second goombums or marcel man can we can we talk about how marcel started off scared godlike me. and i thought he was gonna win the whole thing and then just went dude yeah see you get one too yeah as soon as he went for the 24 points man i i remember casting this and like you know, we, we talk about with the checkmate format that you, you need to take chances to get that first, right, to win it all. But, like, he was taking crazy chances every game. I It's like once he got into that mentality where it's like, I need a first, I need a first, things just went way off the rails. So, yeah, that was uh, that's what happened there. But very good player, but uh, just a little bit of trouble forcing firsts, if you can call it that, I guess. But, uh, yeah. Pops to Spencer, though. Two first in a row at the end of the day. He, he played like a boss, too. Oh, Goobum shakes his head. He doesn't care. Just a lucker dog. Just, uh, you know, yeah. high roll. So, purpose that he is my right. friend. but So, I can <laughs> I can talk a little bit of a little bit of trash to him. But, dude. Sure. He has 94 HP on 5-5. Nobody can kill his streak. Like, I cannot win. I, I What was that? I, was, I think I was like 20-something HP to his 94 in like a 1v1 or something like that. I was like 20-something HP to like his 80 or something. And I had to win like five fights in a row to get the first. I won the first three, I want to say, I believe. And then he, he put in two Volibear 2s with the full legendary board. And I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty fun. Yeah, I'm going to. does help. The two Volibear 2s. <laughs> so Goobums uh, got second the last game, and that's why he feels like he deserves second place. Guys. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, is that a six? Oh, and that is Nate. Yeah. I yeah, I, the last two games were me versus Spencer. And, oh, and then the second to last one was like Karma 3 versus Ophelios 3. That was pretty exciting. So at dope. least that we have that, yeah. And you're but, playing in Nightbringer this week as well, aren't you? No, no, because after the Challenger series thing, I got qualified for MSI, you so I'm actually to. not allowed to. Yeah, no, I'm not oh, allowed to. Even. Yeah, so they kicked me All out right. now. Obviously, oh, I, I was looking forward to that. Oh well, well, yeah. just for the sake of theory crafting, if you did happen to be uh, playing in both, um, they're kind of different formats. So how how do you sort of like look at approaching that? Uh, as far as a do you or let me backtrack a little bit. I'm just curious about your tournament prep in general. Do you a lot of do do you do a lot of research on other players in your lobby? Do you try to play around other people's playstyles specifically, or do you just kind of say, "I'm just going to treat it like ladder games. I'm just going to do the best I can, et cetera, et cetera." What's your problem? Okay. Um, the truthful answer is, if I the thing is, I know a lot of the top players, right? Um, like both personally and just from playing like against them all matter. Sure. Um, like I know most of their playstyles. I know most of the comps they play kind of like going into it so in terms of like do i do a lot of research the the answer is like no but the thing is like and then you ask like how would i prepare differently for a challenger series versus a nightbringer um on the first day of challenger series the i just want to play my game right mm -hmm. um and then whatever if i make it through then it's a little bit different the thing with the challenger series day two format is that it's like i said i mentioned earlier how like the importance of the games are very backloaded so you, you once again you just play your game first three games i went some what, what is this? this looks like a seven three seven which is obviously pretty bad results but then, and then on the last couple of games, you just hard, hard first rate that you make, you make risky dis uh, decisions because like, quote unquote, you have a one in eight chance of, you know, winning the lobby and all that matters that if you win or not, like if you go second, it's the same as going eighth, right? So you just, you make really risky decisions that nets you a higher chance of going first. And then you just play for first on your, like, as soon as you're qualified. And the thing is, the interesting thing is like, e even if you're not qualified and someone else is qualified, you kind of have to play almost for that first rate playstyle too, because you're trying to deny other people who have qualified, who are in check from getting that uh, coveted checkmate, obviously. So, and then as for Nightbringer, it's going to be kind of, I would say similar to ladder. Um, I'm playing against mostly ladder opponents, I think. 
just like people if i queued up in a solo queue game i would see a lot of these players on ladder so i'm going to be playing similar to how i would play on ladder and then hopefully i just saw for like almost every game and then if you do that you're you're good to kind of just make it into the final day and you're good to make it top two most days sure enough all right anything to, to add yeah. frodan for that i'm just jealous that Goobums knows all the top players hangs with the hottest dudes who wear the <laughs> freshest clothes he knows them they know him He's got him on speed dial. On uh, you wouldn't say that to him at land. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, I'm excited for it, and I, I'm I'm gonna be watching uh tonight. So, go crush it, though. I will. All right. So EU qualifiers. Also, uh, we got a bit of news about that. They've got their uh, tournament going. I believe it's going. Um, when was it? Yeah, it's been going for a little while. We're in the latter stage, at least, but. A little bit more money for uh, EU across the board. You can see the uh, breakdown right now. I know, I know, we're talking about EU, yeah. But, uh, you know, EU, right? You know, slowly but surely we're taking baby steps in the region on the esports side. I guess we're we're kind of kind of getting there. I don't know. I only really pay attention to NA and sometimes Korea, but what do you think, Frodan? Uh, I, I kind of want to just lay it out. I just wish that the... EU, the Riot EU esports team loved the community, <laughs> uh, the way that they love TFT back. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think the, the way I feel like the there EU is. community is, is just like they're so dedicated. They're so hardcore. They organize their own events. They regionalize their own competition. They, you know, do all this really fun stuff to activate for it. And it feels like what they get is fewer spots and fewer chances and less time and uh less communication than everybody else um and they perform so well every single world championship so far and it just feels like what it is uh is that there's some conspiracy that eu is doing too well and we need to equalize the field that's like the only like i would that's it's not it's not the explanation but that's what it, if someone told me like oh that's actually what's going on i'd be like oh that makes a lot of sense because like i don't I, it, a lot of these uh decisions and details do not make sense uh, that being said, I will be say that I'm very grateful that the Riot esports team, uh, the EU uh, representatives, did come into some of these discords, listen to the feedback, and there was some. Let me tell you, it, <laughs> if you were disappointed with Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul, y'all should be so lucky to one day read the conversation with Gunmay and Fluffy versus the Riot esports team. I mean, that was some heavy blows and punches being thrown there. No words were minced whatsoever. They were, they were just saying some really inflammatory and rough things, and uh, they handled it really well uh, because, you know, understandably, the EU players are very upset and frustrated. Um, and the Riot team, they're not going to pretend like they didn't mess up with that. So they owned up to it. They improved some details. But I will say for set six, like, I, I don't think any more apologies is going to be accepted uh period <laughs> i think we, we gotta get it yeah. right for set six okay like set set three was complete path because it was just like our first attempt set four i mean we gave a bunch of feedback and we want to see the changes and set five was not exactly the changes that we looked for whatsoever but set six set six trust we got this there you go all right well any anything to add any opinions on the eu esports region goobums yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, it just looks like a like a joke. Like, you know how I mentioned, like, um, I don't like it when, 
like the system where like something encourages players not to play. Um, mm. I don't think there's any system that encourages players not to play harder than the EU players, or sorry, the EU system encouraged the EU players not to play. So, like, mm. they're literally AFK the entire set up until like I think last week, and then like some of the players obviously have to catch up some 1,000 LP, get back up on the ladder to get their their chance at the regionals and. I mean, the scary part to me is the fact that like they're not even told, right? Like it's like it's like a surprise. It's like surprise, you guys have regionals, enjoy. And, like you give them like a couple weeks leading up to it, maybe that's a little bit better. Or like give them like, oh, you guys should probably start trying at this week. But it's like, nah, it's actually just like a surprise. <laughs> enjoy. And maybe then, yeah, we just fun. let the NA team take over EU. I mean, I know they're busy. I know they've got a ton of work, but like Giant Slayer TV. Yeah, yeah, maybe just okay, let so... Giant Slayer take over EU too. Why not? I mean, this is this. It sounds very campy because we're on Team Fight Talk Show, hosted by Giant Slayer TFT. But, no bias. No uh, bias. The reality yeah. is, there isn't an organizer like that that Riot can go to that will be willing to do that. Uh, there could be a, a multitude of reasons as to why that is, but you know, if there's anybody listening out there that happens to you know be running either grassroots organizations or just you are a third party organizer for TFT or for other events and you like TFT. Like, there's a golden opportunity to seize that because they are desperately in need for something like that. EU has well, its own set of challenges. There's, like, regional barriers. There's languages. There's all these different, different things that are very tricky. But uh, I, I really hope that EU can find their equivalent of Giant Slayer because every other major region feels like they have their organizers already set. Like, LATAM does their own thing. Korea, of course, very well storied for how they organize events. And, and it's a lot easier for them because they're a smaller country with uh, PC bonks. And China has their own uh, operating partners. Uh, I just, I don't even know who, what's really happening over in EU. It is... It is tough sometimes, uh, and we're sort of starting, this is more of a broader esports topic now, but like, we're starting to turn a little bit of a corner where we're coming out of the dark ages where the developers are trying to control every single aspect of their esport with an iron fist. And when I say dark ages, I mean the darkest of dark ages, because developers are generally not very good at it. Um, and you need those third party TOs to kind of be more in tune with what the community wants, what the players want to be able to move a little bit more agilely to do it. Um, and EU suffered from the same thing, right? Where you saw a lot of good uh, orgs like O Gaming and things like that. They would put on, on a lot of good events. But this is across all esports, not just Riot, where the developers tended to bring a lot of stuff in-house, you know, and make it harder for those TOs to operate and survive. So it's not surprising to see regions struggle. You know, it happens to be EU at the moment. But, you know, hopefully things will change overall. But let's move on uh, to everybody's favorite segment. It's the NA Player Tier List. Goobums, are you ready? You've been waiting yeah, yeah. and waiting, and it's finally time. It's finally time to make the tier list. The real uh, segment everybody's looking for. That's that's right. <laughs> everybody's true favorite segment, yeah. Or should I just get into it? Or yeah, Get into it, yeah. Right. Any, uh, anywhere on the we're list. Ready. You can start from the top. You can start from the bottom. It's your list. You can you can do it as you choose. All right, number one. So on I'll just start for... People have been known to do that from time to time. <laughs> Once in a while. Okay. Uh, okay. We'll start from the top. Um, I'll just put new ball there. Get 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 that out of the way. I think that one's pretty easy. Most people on NA, I'd say, agree. Uh, he's taking like a small, like couple day hiatus. He'll probably be back, but um, hopefully when he's back, he doesn't steal rank one from me. But if he does, I suppose I'll try to get that back. Uh, number two and three, I have Socks and Keyin. So these are like, kind of like the more the old guard players. Um, they've been good at it for a really long time. Um, I've had like a lot of respect. I thought Kian was the best for the majority of set four as well, and same with Socks. And then I think New Ball might have taken them over 
sometime early set five or sorry early set 4.5 but they've just been consistent for like super super long they're doing well in set four now uh, i think socks has is like struggling maybe a little bit early early on in the set but for the most part uh, yeah i think these three are a little bit of a uh, you know cut above i'd say new ball is probably slightly better than the other two as well but then yeah and then i put fourth fifth and sixth i actually had the trouble with the order with this but since i'm on the show i'll put myself fourth um i recall i think it was i think it was frodad who mentioned last week or last time the show was on that it was the first time i got to you know i, I made it on any list which I, I kind of agree right for the longest time i didn't actually put myself in, in the top 10 of na so uh it's nice that like when I'm on the list, at least I, I can put myself on the top 10. That feels pretty good. And then five and six, I have Pocky and Setsuko. Uh, initially, I had Setsuko like higher, but I think he's been struggling for the past like three, four weeks-ish. But he, he's really good. So uh, Setsuko is like one of the first players I actually got to talk to. Like first of the really high ELO players I got to talk to in TFT. And uh, like I've watched him play. I've, I've watched him do a lot of fun stuff. And he's almost consistently always at the top of the ladder. Um, he's always making like really good plays. And then as for Pocky, I think like, I mean, you guys know about all the assassin one tricks going around and, um, in the set, but I think Pocky was actually like much better, a much better assassin player than any of those guys, uh, consistently higher on the ladder. He wasn't like a true one trick, but he played a lot of assassins. He leaned towards assassins and it seemed like, he know, knew his assassin outs a lot better than like almost any other player did. Um, I personally didn't ever play Assassins, but I recommended anyone who wanted to learn Assassins should learn it from Pocky because uh, he was streaming. He, he obviously won the first Giant Slayer series. Um, very, very consistently top five. I, I don't think I've ever seen him drop out of like maybe even like rank 12. Um, and then as for like, I think of the most consistent players, like these these are kind of it. Um, I personally haven't dropped out of rank 15. I've, I haven't been lower than rank 15 at any point this set. Same with, I think, Nubal dropped as low as like 20, but... Most of the time, he's just rank one, stuff like that. Kiyun hasn't really dropped out of rank 15 either. And then, so then the next ones I'd say are like a little bit below right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if um, like they they kind of pass this up or pass any of anyone above up because like truth be told, um, like TFT, like the at the top level in TFT, like all the, all the margins are really small. So like you might say one player is better, someone else might say another player is better, but realistically, it's pretty fucking close. Um, oh, sorry. Um, Next right. up, I have a uh, Kurum. Uh, uh, hands yeah, up. He, yeah, hands up, hands up. He uh, okay. So I think he struggled with set four because okay. Keep in mind that a lot of this is going to be from like uh, it's an opinion formed primarily from like set four, right? Because I've only really started playing and started like watching seriously starting from set four. So I think Kurum uh, struggled really hard in early set four, and I know he was like a really really great player um, set three and before, but. Uh, like, so my opinion of him at the time wasn't actually as high, but in set 4.5, not only did he like pop off on ladder, but of course he won NA regionals. That was really sick. I actually think he had a really good performance on the first day of worlds. Obviously, unfortunately, NA, as we always do on the next, next day, next week, we seem to be doing a little bit worse. I don't know what it is, but he, he did, you know, obviously drop out there, but I think he had a really, really good showing towards the end of last, uh, last set. I think he popped off on set five really early on very consistently top 15 again um hasn't yet i think broken into like the top five all too often but i think like you know uh, just a little bit you know he's almost there and i'm sure like with the snapshots coming up he's gonna be grinding for that uh next i have gv8 quite similar um pretty much been strong like i had him higher uh in previous sets but i think in this set he's been struggling a little bit as well um i see him like fluctuate i, I haven't seen that many players fluctuate this much but gv8 fluctuates from like 
I swear, I, at one point in the week, I'll see him at rank two, rank three. And then at another point of the week, I'll see him like down at rank 20. But like always he ends up, you know, in the top 10. And I think that's pretty impressive. Um, so I think like he's been strong for really long. I think he's one of the premier like so-called flex players in NA. So if you really want to learn how to play like a bunch of different comps, GV is kind of your go-to. And then the last three, I have uh, I have a split between Spencer, uh, Bertosaurus, and, and Robin. I think I have Spencer at nine. And then the 10 spot is kind of like where I struggled. Oh, oh as a disclaimer... I did not put Delicious Milk GG because not only did he not play it like almost at all in set four and set four point five, but even now he he just pretty much doesn't play. But I'm sure like if he really gets into it, you have to put him somewhere on the list, right? Uh, probably even higher than me. If I've had to guess, I'd put him at four and then I push everyone down one. But yeah, and then I have uh, I put Birdosaurus yesterday, but then last night I'm pretty sure he just lost like two hundred LP, and I I talked to him a little bit and uh, it didn't seem so good. So maybe. I'll, we'll put up Birdosaur slash Robin. I don't know if you, which one you guys want to go with, but I struggled with Robin one. hit no, number one like last week, so I, I think hmm. it's it's fair to say that Robin generally is doing better than Bird on ladder. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think um some of it is okay. I like I talk to Newbell, you know, very often. I talk to like very often as in like I'm genuinely friends with them. Like I, we don't have to talk about TFT, right? To just yeah. uh you know, as opposed to, to other people about who you're not, yeah, like. I mean, like, I haven't had the opportunity to talk with everyone about, like, you know, about life, about all this fun stuff, but mostly share, primarily TFT share talk. things, what animes yeah. you're watching. <laughs> but Birdosaurus, Spencer, you know, Nubal, Setsuko, like, I've had the opportunity to just talk about them and, like, watch their game. Like, maybe not so critically. Obviously, people stream and you can watch the game there. But, like, you play a lot differently on-stream versus off-stream. So, like, I give a little bit of... Um, sorry, I have a little bit of bias there where, like, I've watched Birdosaurus a lot more than perhaps, like, uh, like your, you know average top player or average random player or average stream watcher will have watched Bertosaurus. So I'm giving him a little bit of credit there. But I do think, yeah, Robin should be credited. I mean, he recently hit rank one. That was really impressive. And he, he's currently, like, I think, like top five somewhere. I don't know, but he's definitely high up on the ladder. So I struggle with that number 10 spot a little bit. Uh, there are some notable names off of it, but it's it's a 10 player list. And <laughs> what, what can you do? You know? It only includes so much. You're always going to disappoint somebody. Yep. Don't be afraid. Chat, chat wanted to know, Goobums, is this fourth place on the tier list really a second place? No, no, this one's a fourth place. <laughs> this one's a fourth place. Sometimes it's just Good a fourth, point. Goobums, and that's okay. Yeah. It's okay, Goobums. Sometimes it's just a fourth. Top four is top four. Yeah, we'll take a top four. We'll take a top four. Yeah, we like top fours. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing to be ashamed of. It's fine. It's a fine tier list, too, I think. I think uh, it's a tier list that no one could ever agree or disagree with in any any sense ever. It's basically perfect. Let's move on to. I do. The I do want to say. I do want to okay, say. Yeah. Uh, GV8 has been like kind of forefronting it for a while, even though he, and he's still like top ten, and he's also like a caster now because he's going to be casting the Nightbringer Cup, and so TFT casters making the top ten tier list. Let's go. So that means that, you'll be on the next esports one. Law? Esports law? Esports law? Yeah, but like, as soon as, if he really starts casting, he's going to drop fast. Like, that's just, that's just <laughs> how it goes. You know, you doom your, you doom your player career if you decide to commit to casting. Just warning you right now, yeah, GBA. Yeah, yeah, sure. What do you value more? Think about Dan, it. Dan, you got to prove them wrong. Dan, oh, you guys got to get up on the tier list, up on the ladder. Start well, proving apparently, that, proving that theory wrong. Yeah. 
Apparently, as I almost said that GV8 was like when, when he when he was like covering uh, the you know he was like co-streaming the tournament stuff that he's just like ah oh, yeah the casters don't know what they're talking about or the casters are crap so I, I, I'm looking forward to see what GV8's got he's probably he's got a lot of personality I love it I wonder if uh, he can kind of bring that same type of energy and flair or is he just gonna be like all professional and tidied up and shaven you know I, I'll, <laughs> I'll see I'll see what version of GV8 shows up for the Nightbringer Cup I kind of want one of my favorite GV8 unleashed for a long time. He's one of my favorite streamers. I love the morning meta report and all that. But you're in my world now. Ooh, get ready. All right. That's right. Well, it's going to be a fun time this weekend either way. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to some mailbag stuff because we've got some good questions. I've been excited about the mailbag. Uh, we have one from Firestorm here. What is the one best thing a player can do beforehand to get the most out of a coaching session? You do a lot of coaching, so let us know. Okay. Oh yeah. Actually, I quite like this session or this question. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, I think like just like it's your engagement with it, right? A lot of people enter, and this is with like class, right? Like imagine going to class. You go to class, and if you're not engaged with class, like the reality of the situation is that you're not going to get the most out of it, right? So if you're engaged with it, like I don't know, maybe you want to take notes, maybe you want to record our coaching session. I, I for the most part would ask that people who um, do coaching with me specifically. Uh, would ask or let me know beforehand if they want to record it but yeah maybe you want to record the coaching session and you want to like you know maybe i said something that was interesting but you don't know like a spot specifically where you could see that um you can record it and then you, maybe you watch it back later or you want to take notes like all this fun stuff um can really kind of like push the coaching for uh coaching session forward and a lot of it is like so when you when you record it and you get to rewatch it again maybe you Get the coaching session, you play a bunch of games. I don't know whether you do poorly or well. Oftentimes you tend to do well because I'm a good coach. But say after that, like you want to learn something or you want to like revisit a point that I, I talked about, being able to rewatch that and like reinforce a certain concept I taught you, like that's super, super important. Yeah, and ask right. me a lot of questions. Um, it doesn't have to be even okay. So I like to do VOD review. And oftentimes that means like I'm looking at a spot in the game and I'll talk to you about this spot. But if you have a question outside of like what I'm talking about to you with in like in this spot or in this game, then you should ask that, right? Because like all like pretty much there's no better time to ask it when I'm like fully engaged with you, when I'm like talking to you one one on one. You can ask me about all sorts of fun different things and I'll, I'll probably answer all of them. Look, stay on task. Oh, I, I should mention too. Speaking of real quick, speaking of staying on, staying on task, I forgot to mention Ubums will be picking a question from chat to also uh, give uh, an award to, which is uh, 10 bucks over PayPal, I believe it is. So you can spend right. a little Legend Eggs, I would imagine is what it's gonna end up on. Certainly nothing else, but Goobums, keep an eye on chat as well to uh, yep. think about grabbing a question later on. I should mention that. Sorry to cut you off, Rodan, go ahead. No, it's good to remind people that we're literally giving out free money. So uh, all you have to do is just ask Goobums a question or I don't know, maybe split, split it with him 50-50. Yeah. DM Goobums and have him pick your question for five <laughs> bucks. And then there we go. Brilliant. Uh, right. Goobums, I have a follow up question to this. Who has been your best student that's a prominent member of the community? Because you've coached a lot of people, but you've also coached, or you coach a lot of players who are like, you know, kind of still like trying to learn the game, but you've also coached some high level challenger players. So out of like all the prominent people in the community, who's been the best student? It, like, okay, oh God, I don't even want to say this in case he's watching. Hopefully he's not, but it's it's gonna be DQA, right? Um, yeah. I I met uh, like oh, sorry, I first talked to DQA at the NSF four, and at the NSF four is probably like when I would start to say like I'm kind of like pushing that like um, 
like a really good player status. I, I don't think I was quite there yet, but I was kind of like getting there. I was high up on the ladder and I was doing really well with uh, RE comp. So a lot of players probably know me as like an RE. Uh, like back then, I'm, I released the RE grad as well, but I did like a lot of stuff with RE. And uh, so I taught DQ how to play RE. And then later on with Nubal, um, and this is pretty much when we started to meet, like everybody kind of just started to meet each other. I met DQA and Nubal then. And me and Nubal kind of worked with DQA to learn Ash. But it wasn't like about playing the comp. It was about like playing the game, like, on a more fundamental level. And this is part partially the reason why I, I actually like think of Nubal so highly. It's not because of like how he plays the game or like what he does in certain spots. It's about how he thinks about the game, right? And like being able to explain like certain spots to like uh, DQA and him having being able to just like absorb all that. Like DQA is an excellent, excellent learner. Like when you tell him something, like he'll actually like think about it. He'll actually like take it to heart. He'll like apply it to like how he plays the game, like how he thinks about the game. And like, that's really, really good. And like, I don't want to, I'm not going to take credit for it because, like, he's an excellent player in his own right, but he did really well in 4.5, and and he'll, like, if you ask him, he'll tell you, oh, like, the, the work he did with me, the work he did with Nubal at the end of set four really, really helped him get there. And uh, one more thing about the questions thing is that try not to ask, like, specific questions. And what specific questions will be, like, all right, I have XYZ champion on this stage. What the fuck do I, or sorry, what, what do I slam in this spot? It's like, well, honestly, I don't know your spot. I don't know what other people are playing. I don't know how much HP you have. I don't know how much gold you have, all that fun stuff. I won't be able to answer your specific questions, but like generalized questions, you really want to like, the like con conceptual questions, These those are really important. Yeah, sir. Right, makes, makes sense. <laughs> uh, I carry well, that's... DQA. That's what, yeah. from Goobums, get carried, all right. I, I love that about the TFT scene, though, is that um, in, in other esports, you see this a lot, too, where top pros will advise and coach other pros, but you don't really hear them talk about it very much. Where in TFT, you hear people talking about it all the time. You see it on stream and all that. And so it's neat to sort of see that be, like, out in front of the fans, out in front of people to, you know, watch uh, for, you know, one of the first times I think I've seen in esports over the years. So I like that a lot about the TFT scene, that that's out there. But uh, Goobums, it's time for you to pick a chat question. Uh, what do you, uh, who do you want to give uh, the award to? And try not to pick anyone prominent from the TFT scene. Yeah. They're already making those Twitch bucks and everything. They don't need it. So try to try to pick, a, you know, a, a fan. Pick a fan. Okay, I got to, because most of the questions coming in are like straight up troll questions from like friends and like you said, prominent members so I have to filter through it. Wait, is there like another place to sure. pick them through? Like on a Discord uh, or think... somewhere? I think someone might have mentioned that. You may have a doc. Yeah. I don't know if you have access to this, but. Like, ah, these questions are so pointless. Most of them. Oh, here we go. There's, no, there's, there's one in Discord. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's some, some in Discord. Ones. Yep. There's some meaningful ones. Oh, okay. I, I like one, but uh, I'll, I'll look at the Discord questions as well. Let's check right, out we'll our other giveaway window. Yep. Yeah. It is Firestorm, the person we just uh congratulations. Just I think that's a DC superhero, but I don't know. Does anyone know who the DC superheroes are besides Batman and Superman? And Aquaman? Uh, anyone in the movies? Wonder Woman. Aquaman? There's one. It's not in the movies that I know of. Wonder Woman's got movies, Trodan. They aren't good. But they're out there. Have you made your decision, Goobums? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this question that uh, Hamzy TV asked. He says, right. when do you prioritize support items over carry items? Mm, okay, cool. Okay, so, yeah, yeah, items in TFT is, like, something I actually really like talking about and thinking about. 
So like the way carry items work or like the way items tend to work in general is you, you really want to concentrate your items on like a couple of units because the, like the way they work is they multiply, right? When you have like a death blade on a unit, you really want to add another item on top of that and not just leave, oh, you have this death blade and you have damage, you're good to go. No. So you want a death blade and then like, for example, another synergy item would be any attack speed item. Maybe a hurricane is really good. Maybe an IE because once again, crit scales with AD and so forth and so on. So, okay, so you build your Deathblade and you really want to get your second uh, carry item online. Um, so you want to get like two carry items, especially if you have an early item holder, say like a Varus. So like a Varus is like a premier item holder. So you really want to get like a three item Varus really early on. Um, and then this becomes less true once you have like three um, of like a carry item. Once you get three carry items, your next carry item becomes significantly weaker than your next support item. And I'm going to be honest, I stole some of this from Nubal, so credits to him. Uh, your next support item, the difference between your next support item to your next carry item is massive. So you really want your next item to be a support item. But then with all this in mind, you got you have to like, because you're only really given components. You're very uh, seldomly given full uh, items in TFT. So you have to like look at your components and see like, maybe you build a warmogs with your belt to belt. And then that leaves you with like a, a chain. And then that's like, you can't really build another carry item from there. So we have to like, okay, so what do your remaining components build into? Like, how do you fit your current items that you've built with the remaining components you have and like how do you go from there so the to answer your question how do you choose between support items and um carry items you have to make the best combination of like items so you can't make a death blade and a death cap most of the time and like a, there are some exceptions but you can't really make a death cap and a uh death blade and have them on the same unit as a carry item right or as a carry combination so you have to like kind of think about like how do your current components point you in one direction and how can you make the best of those items and yeah, and then go by the concepts I kind of outlined at the beginning as well. Hopefully that was helpful, but I kind of, anyways. No, that was a good description. And this has all been recorded. You can go back on Twitch VOD and watch it later. You out there, if you want to go and review the lesson that Goobums just gave us on items, there you go. But congrats to Ham HamZTV, I believe. Yeah, there you go. Cool, congrats on the giveaway winner. You've been selected. Goobums have, has descended down from on high to gift you. Um, an award so there you go and firestorm as well are the question winner uh that's gonna bring us pretty much to the end of the show there's been a lot of interesting stuff talked about in uh this show remember at 4 p.m today challenger series bones will be playing in it and then on the 20th of june that's sunday at 4 p.m we have the uh nightbringer cup finals and that's gonna be a ton of fun as well Goobums may or may not be in that who knows right but it's time for some closing thoughts here uh Goobums, closing thoughts before we close it out shout outs anything you want to say yeah, first of all, I actually want to give a shout out to Mortdog. So in the past like week, two weeks, three weeks, I've had the opportunity to talk about uh, talk to Mortdog about like game design, uh, game balancing, like how how the design team approaches the game. And I know uh, Mortdog gets a lot of scrutiny from like a lot of people who I want to say don't really know what they're doing, but they tend to be more passionate, right? Or else you wouldn't really kind of like go out out of your way to grief the the game designer. But I think Mortdog does a really good job actually, and the you can kind of like see his importance to the TFT like. Uh, ecosystem because he went on vacation for a week and I think that that week was largely considered or widely considered rather the worst patch of set 5 TFT it was the, it was the skirms patch we, we had skirms for two weeks everybody's just playing this job everybody's hard forcing skirms are driven and we're just sitting there we're like Where, where's more dog and then the thing is they pushed the patch without more dog around and then we got the, the that very fun 40% at level 6 patch uh, that also wasn't so good more dog immediately comes back or sorry more dog comes back and then we we immediately get like this this current patch which is like considered one of the better patches of the set right um i think all three of us agreed that it was the, if not the best then definitely the least bad i don't know if 
I mean, those, those are synonyms, but yeah. So shout out to Mordog for that. Um, I don't always agree with everything he says, but once you actually like listen to how Mordog explains like his thought process on the game, um, even if you don't agree with him, it's like important to see like how the game designer and or sorry, yeah, the lead game designer actually thinks about the game. And even yeah, once you, even if you don't disagree or sorry, don't agree with him, like I think he reaches his conclusions fairly. Like I would say fairly, right? So yeah, shout out to Mordog. Um, shout out to a lot of my friends in the TFT community. I think the TFT community has been growing, and I think um, like all the prominent members are actually really nice. And I, I've had the opportunity to kind of like go out and talk to them. Obviously, I met you two a uh, decent while back, and we, we kind of got along playing TFT and a lot of like uh, just like similar interests with TFT and all, all of these video games and fun stuff. So shout out to you guys. Shout out to everyone else in the, the TFT community that I've met. And uh, shout out to anyone, you know, all my viewers, all my fans that have started watching me lately because I've been streaming. And yeah, I think that's that sums it up for me. Oh, and watch the pre-recorded Challenger Series tonight and tomorrow. You guys will watch me win. Maybe not tonight because you don't need to. You just need to win tomorrow. Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. Sorry. Yeah, and I'll probably be streaming for the people in chat who are asking today. It'll be fun. Streaming your pre-recorded POV, of course, right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You guys chose a really weird format this time. Not only do you have it pre-recorded on your channel, but you actually have every streamer who's participating pre-recording and releasing on their channel. So, yeah, I don't know. We'll it's, see. Uh, we, Giant Slayer is hardcore, you know? They go all out for the pre-record. Frodan, final thoughts? I don't know. Goobums, like, shout out everybody on the, on the planet. <laughs> He just like <laughs> he just thanked everybody that has that is currently alive. So I guess I'll shout out to people who have yet to be born, um, and will play TFT in the future. And that I think right. together, Goobums and I have covered literally every possibility. So shout out to our ancestors. Um, I uh, I can't wait till time travel's invented and I can go back and uh, show TFT to the Vikings sailing the ocean uh, that will someday create the family line that will give birth to me. Um, not the Minnesota Vikings, the actual Scandinavian Vikings, um, and the Northern Germans as well. They're they're part of it. Uh, we're gonna show them TFT on mobile. It's gonna be great. They're gonna be confused. Uh, we're gonna have a good time, but uh, I'm sure they have a lot to contribute. So there we go. Now we've truly shouted out everyone and aliens. If they're out there, they probably like TFT as well. Could be everything. Uh, supernatural beings could include those too. Metaphysical, fourth dimensional. I don't know. We could go on for days, but someone stop to, though. We, we, we have to stop the show. <laughs> I gotta get ready for Challenger Series. It's been a great show, Goobums. Thanks for being an amazing guest. It's been, get, been for a ton me. of fun, Frodan. You are a great host, as uh, always. Fun to co-host this uh, show with you. Uh, yeah, 4 p.m. today, Challenger Series is gonna be great. Then uh, Sunday, Nightbringer Cup gonna be great as well. Until then, play some TFT. Uh, thanks for watching. Thanks to Giant Slayer for putting this on, as always, and uh, we'll see you next time.